You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Defiance After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Defiance After Show. Hey, hey, Bing is for doing, and we are doing another Defiance after show. This is Matt Lieberman, and sitting across from me, the handsome and talented Nando Velasquez. Thank you very much, Matt. Yes, hi. How's everybody doing? Oh, everybody, I think, is doing just fine, because we just saw another great episode. Episode 106, Brothers in Arms. Uh, lots to talk about yes. this week. We got we got movement on the uh, on the freaky cave paintings. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We finally yes, we saw Mayor Reardon again. We got some Nolan backstory. Yeah. Uh, and we we got to, actually we got some backstory on a lot of people. We got some Amanda backstory. Met an old flame potentially. Yeah, and and some Kenya backstory. Yes. Well, yeah. Kenya present story. Present story, but and also a little history. Yeah, yeah, a little history there. Um. So I want to start with um. With uh, Nolan and his uh, his brother at arms, yes. Eddie, who looked they looked very alike, very similar. I would have thought they could have been related. Soldiers are cut from the same cloth in the future. <laughs> I suppose so. They were I cloned. Think, yeah, well, they, they, they were cloned. They were uh, part of like the ninth I- the ninth infantry or the ninth division. So maybe they divided the divisions by type. By like actor type, maybe by actor type. Yeah, they had a casting notice in the back of the uh, E Republic uh, newsletter. Or yeah, something. The, I don't know. The fifteenth infantry. Yeah, the fifteenth infantry is just all big chubby guys. <laughs> um, hey, I'm, I'm I'm in that one. Yeah, I'm all set. I'm all set. I'm I'm totally in the bearded Jew cavalry. There you go. Yes. <laughs> um, Can't wait for that episode. Exactly. So we we open yeah. with um, with Paul Mattis. Uh, coming through this bazaar, this you know mysterious castathon. We don't know anything about him. He's being chased by a guy who turns out to be Nolan's expat buddy. Yes, um, who ha- is trying to collect a bounty on Paul Mattis's head. Uh, so we we bring Paul Mattis into the jail, and he has a moment with Doc Yule, where he he te- he lets us know the audience. Doc Yule used to invent weapons. Yes. Um, I mean, Yule denied it. Yes. But he says he never forgets a face. I think it's a she. A she, I'm sorry. Well, no, no, he being Paul. Paul says he never forgets a face. Yes. Um, Which is interesting because we're going to get, we're probably going to get back into that a little later on. I'm glad that Doc Yule finally is getting kind of a story Mm. because she was in many ways like one of the breakout characters in the pilot. She was very interesting in the pilot with her attitude. Exactly. Yes. Because you you don't you don't see that very much from an alien doctor. It's kind of like it's it's very much like Bones. I in, was thinking like the original Star Trek. I was thinking the same thing. Um, but a lady, uh, an imperious lady, alien, mm-hmm. an Imogene, uh, Indigene. My bad. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Paul Mattis is a war criminal. He's killed you know thousands and thousands of people. He invented drop blasts, which he lets one off in the streets, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, Chemotracts, which killed 
hundreds and hundreds of soldiers during the Pale Wars, uh, you know, Nolan and Eddie's friends included. Yes. Half of their half of their unit, I believe, they yeah. uh, uh, Nolan said. And and those drop glass were crystalline drop glass. Cri- yes. Yes. Using using our our favorite glowing blue energy, which is in in every episode, and uh, Scott would have, would have loved this episode for the glowing blue energy and the glowing blue lava. All the blue, all blue, it's a very blue show, all blue all the time. Mm. Uh, so Nando, what what do you think is going? What is what is Nolan's dilemma here? He knows that you know that Paul Paul Mattis should be prosecuted in defiance, but he's loyal to his friend. Mm. Um, who we learn later on is responsible for uh, Nolan and Arissa getting free safely at the end of the war. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not just that. I mean, this is his first interaction with a, a scavenger, a fellow mm-hmm. scavenger, someone he used to be. So this is him at odds, not just with a friend, but also his way of life, too. I think he he sees... He sees both sides in this situation. He's obviously trying to create, I guess, a win-win situation for for uh, for Eddie and for Defiance as well, because he has finally gotten more comfortable in the town. He's he's finally embraced his title lockkeeper a little bit more. Yeah. But this is obviously a big challenge to him because of because uh, of his history with Eddie Braddock. Yeah. So I uh, I mean I, I think it's a really interesting dilemma for him. I mean, again, it well, we, we had Grant here yesterday. He uh, last week yesterday. Yeah. It was like it felt it was, like it yesterday. It felt like yesterday. He was saying how Nolan's a great lawkeeper. You know, he's a perfect lawkeeper. He's great at cleaning or stuff no, he's up and a, then leaving. But yeah, then he's a good peacekeeper, not a great lawkeeper. That's what it is. Peacekeeper, and then he yeah. gets the hell out of town. But for him to stay, which is interesting that you use the word he's getting comfortable, which you saw in this episode. You know, he and Kenya. Uh, kind of, they have a thing going. There's a rhythm to it, mm-hmm. you know, that he doesn't get in the way of his work. But at the same time, at the end of the night, when she, you know, is done, is done night portering, he joins her upstairs. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's getting to know the townspeople. He's learning how it all works. So this is like one big soldier-shaped wrench getting thrown into in, into this all. Yeah, here. but yeah, it, with the Kenya thing, it's interesting you said that too, because yeah, it's it's all within his comfort zone. But again, he doesn't want to upset the cart too much, even yeah. in the town. I, I, I suppose he he uh, he doesn't want to put his foot down. He here he is trying to appease everybody. It, it, and perfect example is the scene with Eddie and Kenya and him, where where ladies' choice. I don't want to get in the way. I don't want to yeah. get away in the way. With I don't want to job. admit how jealous that would make me. I don't want to admit. That I care, I care about you enough that I don't want you sleeping with my friend. Yeah, um, and it was it. It's such an interesting performance from Mia Kirshner because you couldn't quite get a bead on how she felt until she was up in the room. Mm. Like she, she wasn't certainly thrilled that she was about to sleep with this guy, uh, but at the same time, she wasn't going to turn down good business. But maybe that was just a show for Nolan so that he wouldn't realize how much she cared. It seemed more like a test almost. She wanted to see what Nolan would say. Yeah, and he failed. And he failed the test. And she, in the end, still couldn't do the dirty deed, so yeah. to speak. She couldn't do the deed. So, But at, but at the same time, it, it's it's in this weird gray area where... It could Nolan could view what he what he did as a progressive thing, mm-hmm. uh, where he's not going to get in the way of her work. But it is just a bit ooky, like a bit gross. That he's kind of he's pimping out his girlfriend. Except she's pimping herself out, but still, yeah, yeah. 
So, no, very, very interesting. And I, I do love to see, I, I think Mia Kirshner's hot anyway, so I do love to see some uh, sex business in the need want yeah. uh, and just see how that whole relationship is. And, and I, I want to see more between, uh, I want to see more of the interaction between Amanda, Kenya, and Nolan, obviously, because that's a very interesting dynamic as well. Yeah, we, um, we, got some new, we got some new curse words this week. And I love I love sci-fi series <laughs> curse words. We've had Stocko for a few weeks. Stocko. Now I love we, that. It's like such a it sounds like an immigrant type of way of saying uh like a like an old European type of way of saying uh, uh saying the S word, yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah, saying poop. Yes. Poop. Um we got two different words for the F bomb this week. We got grok, which is more of like the expletive or like you like yelling at somebody, grok you, you yeah. know, the grokking, um, versus chup, which I think is more the verb, to chup, um, you know, too drunk to chup would be the would be the operative phrase <laughs> at the need want. Mm. Um, I love, I just, I love fake curse words and I'm glad we got more of them. Uh, we also learned, so back in the pilot, when we first meet Nolan and Arissa, Nolan has this crystal this gem mm-hmm. um which we which he dropped into the fallen ark and got the uh the sphere from it you know this this big cluster of energy and uh we learn the origin of that gem mm-hmm. which is uh he stole it from a guy named Varus in uh in San Francisco and there's a $250,000 bounty on his head uh that his old friend Eddie was about to give him up for when uh, when Nolan just friggin' capped yeah. Paul Mattis, you know, in the middle of the desert, mm. um, which I think is going to come back certainly. Now you've played; I haven't played the game, and I, yeah. uh, but uh, since the game takes place in San Francisco, does that uh, backstory kind of lend itself to the game at all? I am not far enough in the game to comment. Okay. Um, yeah, as to whether or not there is Varus. a Varus yeah. in the game, but if I if I ever meet him, I'm going to update. And, and anyone out there, if if you do know for a fact that mm-hmm. Varus is in the game, uh, tweet at us. Uh, you can you can tw- uh, Twitter me at uh, at Matt Lieberman M A T T L I E B E R M A N, or hit us up on the chat roll at AfterBuzzTV.com. Uh, let's see. So yeah. we got we got Paul Mattis. We got this whole big chase. We find out. That Earth Republic is on its way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amanda's excited to to leverage this into into a win to bring the maglev into town, and uh, both Earth Republic and Votanis Collective both want Paul Mattis alive so that he can build weapons for them because another war is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nando, what are you what are you thinking? Like like it, it's it's a shame, man. It's a, it's a shame, no, that this guy, he's a war criminal and he's about to be treated like a king because everyone is still so scared by this relatively new piece. Well, I think before we got that twist at the end, yeah, we really didn't see, I mean, like last week, we got to see E-Rep, you know, at one of their worst. Right. You know, the way they were treating, the way they were doing that whole thing with the stage, with the land coach robbery mm-hmm. and, and their uh, duplicitous nature. So... Right until that point, it just seemed like a really honest bounty that this man was going to get tried for war, you know, for his crimes, and yeah. he was going to be put in prison. Justice was going to be done either way, whether he was left in defiance or given to the to E-Rep. To E-Rep, yeah. So this was just an interesting way of saying, look, you know what? E-Rep is not all it's uh, meant to be. I mean, even like Connor, 
when Connor showed up, Connor, um, his last name was Lang. Connor right? Lang, yeah. Connor Lang. Of the 4th District. Yes, of the 4th District. Even when Connor Lang, he, he obviously seems really odd, too. E-Rep, you know, we can't have E-Rep looking all high and mighty all of a sudden. They're so shady, they're man. They're shady as all heck. They're yeah. shady as all heck, and they, they don't care what they have to do to get what they want. They were ready to tear Defiance apart brick by brick. We thought at the time to catch this war criminal, but no, because he's that valuable and he cannot fall into the hands of the Votanist Collective so that he can make his weapons for them. He's a a big asset to whoever gets him. Yeah, brilliant and deadly and totally dead because Nolan, yet again, when when faced with a tough decision, just shoots the problem and makes it die. Yeah. Makes it go away with a bullet. And that's why we love him. And no man, as uh, as Eddie called him, because he leaves no man standing. Because he leaves no man standing. He is a deadly brute force. Yes. Uh, awesome. So, uh, <laughs> before we move on, I just want to talk quickly about iTunes. Uh, guys, AfterBuzz TV puts out over 50 shows a week, and they are all available on YouTube and iTunes, including this one. And we would love it if you would subscribe, if you have not already. And please uh, rate us. Uh, you know, we love our five-star ratings. And give us some feedback. We love doing this show. We love Defiance. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think about our show, about their show. What could we be doing better? Um, we love our community. We love our fans. It's yeah. why we do what we do. And you can catch us streaming now, too, uh, yes. on uh, on your iPads or your iPhones if you go on to AfterBuzzDB.com Or on your well. Android devices. Or on your Android devices. Ah, on your mobile devices. On How about that? all mobile devices. 2013, everybody. Except for ones that aren't Apple or Android. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, what, like Nokia, those old flip phones. Or yeah, something. no flip phones. Yeah, no flip phones. No flip phones. Yeah. Uh, there, there aren't any Helios left, I don't think, but we're not on Helio. <laughs> um, we're, we're not on Sidekick. Yeah. But we are on Android and Apple. <laughs> anyway. So um, we touched on it a little bit before, but let's talk a little bit more about Kenya and her situation. Uh, she and Amanda are having a rap sesh. Yes, they're rapping midway through the episode and they're talking about you know love kenya has never had this situation before she's never not been able to perform her job Mm. she's never not been able to perform her job until now because she's been hit bad yeah she got it bad she got it bad she got it she got it bad when the night porters uh nolan (laughs) is rolling up and she's got it bad Mm. um (laughs) and uh it's freaking her out she's somebody who needs some degree of control in her life because mm. there isn't much to be had throughout her whole life you know to basically be born into this conflict mother abandons her you know on the run everywhere she's dealing with dangerous clients dangerous people well she has no attachment to anyone except her sister yes and it's it it is dangerous for her to develop an attachment to anyone else mm. because attachments have been so fleeting in her life yes uh so the fact that she's getting so attached to no one very very scary and she's not she's not happy about it and of course uh when she's talking to her sister when she's rapping with her sister her sister brings up a past relationship that we've heard for the first time yes uh hunter bell yes who broke her heart mm-hmm. and potentially did far worse yes um so i'm sure we're going to see hunter bell at some point at some point i'm sure that name got thrown out there for a reason yeah i one thing i love about this show is that we're getting new seeds every week 
They keep planting backstory and making the world richer. They're not just burning through a few things at a time. They're always adding more, planting seeds for fresh stories to come on later. Mm. And I'm really, really excited uh, that they're doing that. You know, we got we got romance from Kenya, and we also got a little bit heard a little bit about Amanda's previous fling, who uh, we totally met later on. Yeah, uh, or well, we didn't. Uh, he, we heard about it last week when uh, when Nolan mentioned, you know, the kind of person who says that they don't believe in love is somebody who did believe in love but got their heart broken. Yes, badly, and I, I'm pretty sure that uh, that Mr. Mr. Connor Connor Lang. Is our is our bad boy and from possibly, New York, and possibly the reason why she ran off from New, from York. New York to Defiance. Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to get more flashbacks later this season. Uh, Grant kind of hinted at that last week. Yes. So we'll we'll get we'll get some definitive answers on that. But by the end of the episode, Kenya broke things off with Nolan because she's just she can't handle Such it. Such a brutal way too. I know. You're not my type. I, I sell myself for money, but you're not my type. But what a weak, what a weak sauce excuse. <laughs> like, you can't even come up with a real excuse. She, in the pilot, she kissed the guy who was completely, you know, from the mines and yeah. all dirty and sweaty. Fat and, guy with hey, the alien bacon grease? I, you know, I, I don't go that way, but I could, tell, I could totally tell. I would not have gone that way if I was a girl. And she went there, but Nolan. Not her type. Not her type, all Not of her sudden. type. She doesn't like swarthy men. That are good with a gun. The anti-heroes. The anti-heroes. <laughs> Swarthy anti-heroes. <laughs> so, really lame way of uh, putting him down. Yeah. Really interesting reaction from him, too. He, 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 he was hiding it, perhaps, but he seemed very nonplussed by it. He was like, okay. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's hurt. He doesn't, he doesn't know what happened there. But at the same time, you know that he and Amanda are going to start a thing mm-hmm. at some point, and it's going to be this big, complex... Big triangle. Yeah, which I hope that they deal with in a quick and smart fashion, but, it, you know, because these things do happen, and it's not always a big blowout. You know, sometimes it's one of those things that's just awkward and simmery, but, you know, works for some reason. Well, just looking at Nolan and, and what we just said about Kenya, about her and her attachments... Nolan hasn't had the only attachment Nolan really has is with Arissa. Yeah. So everything else has always been on the run, and his only his relationship that he truly cares about the most is the his one daughter. with his daughter. Yeah. So it, it's going to be really interesting, and and you know you'd almost think that he had the perfect relationship with Kenya because both of them really aren't attached to anything at yeah. all. And you really saw he is capable of these attachments because you saw how how intensely he cares about Arissa when he was willing to turn himself over to Varys. Absolutely. Just to make sure that Varys knew that Arissa was dead. Yes. To make sure that she was safe. He was willing to give up his life for her. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, I don't know that we necessarily saw explicitly before now. Like, how deep that devotion runs. I know, like... We've seen him care about her and try to help her with the visions and, you know, in, in dangerous situations, but literally turn himself over for, to make sure that she has a safe, free life. Well, like last week, he, he obviously was outside of Defiance while Arissa had her own moment with Tommy. Yeah. Dealing with that, uh, with the, that prisoner that she got. Uh, I can't remember his name right now, but dealing with that kind of stuff, we've been seeing her on her own a little bit. It's almost been kind of like an like she's leaving the nest, yeah, uh, type of thing. So this is the fir- we're finally going back to this relationship between the two of them and how how 
intense it is, at least on his end, how much he deeply cares for her. Well, she finally has room to grow now that they're not moving all the time. Yes. Um, she has a place to spread out and people to meet and talk to and, you know, relationships that she probably regrets um, falling into, <laughs> as we'll get into a little yes. bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to move on to Amanda now. We we addressed it a little bit earlier, but we we got some politicking. We got some romance. So uh, she's trying to turn this Paul Mattis situation into a win for Defiance. She's still campaigning for this, uh, you know, uh, Oklahoma stretch of the of the maglev train, but with Defiance forever being in charge of this stretch, mm-hmm. not having to be a part of Erep, having complete control over this stretch of the railway forever and ever, irrevocably. Yes. Uh, and she's finally in a position where they can negotiate it until, of course, Nolan shoots her bargaining chip in the head, <laughs> which is not what you want from your lawkeeper. Yeah, pretty much. Well, Nolan's not your usual lawkeeper. No, so he's not. There you go. But then out of the past... He walks in, hat akimbo, Mr. Connellang, <laughs> assisted to the president. What kind of outfit was that? I, I don't know. It was very, uh, like, 1930s gangstery with a little futuristic twist on it. With, there. like, a little 80s bougie douche. Yeah, a little douchey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we, we get a sense, you know, Amanda's probably met the president before, at least knows who he is. We learn that there is a president of E-Rep. Mm-hmm. Um, which which is a first. Like I love getting these little nuggets of of outside world and just coming to understand how everything fits together piece by piece. So we know that it's based in New York. Now we know that there is a full government of all of it, and that uh, there is a president at the top who is willing to tear Defiance down brick by brick. Mm. Defiance is in such a precarious position with Erep, especially like how have they not gotten these shields back online? At this point. I, I don't know. That should have been priority one. It's I've, been forgotten for the I, most part. I'd <laughs> vote her out of office. If I was a citizen in defiance, priority one should be, let's get those shields back up, huh? Maybe? Yeah. Nice big shield wall to protect us from people? <laughs> be nice, it'd be nice if we had a little defense. Little defense Just in defiance. <laughs> put, put, the, put the D in defiance uh, for defense in there, yeah. Right? yeah. If I was running for mayor of defiance... I would say Matt Lieberman putting the defense back in defiance. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Boom. You got it. I got it you on got lock. It all set. Yeah. Um, at the end of the episode, we see some kind of condolence flowers from Mr. Connor Lang, uh, who, like, the tension was palpable yes. between them. You could cut it with a knife. Mm-hmm. She was happy to see him, even mm-hmm. though things, I think, ended badly. Uh, she, she seemed a little, it was a little, a little awkward, a little, her, her, she, actually her voice was kind of like mine right now, trying to think of the right words to say. She was a little shocked, a little surprised. A little quavery. Yes, a little quaver, quivering yeah. a little bit. Quavery. Yeah. Yes. She was all a quiver. <laughs> I'd missed a kind of leg. <laughs> 80s future douche from I'm the sure, future. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to get to see more of him. Absolutely. <laughs> I haven't looked at IMDb yet. He's but got sure like we'll... a weird, a weird menace to him. Where it's like, he's not physically threatening, but you can tell he's backed by big people. Yes. Um, where he, it's just a hint of menace. He's like a fairly yeah. nice guy, but a paper pusher. You know what, when he, uh, toward the end, when he saw um, Paul Mattis' body, and he's there with Eddie and uh, and Nolan, he just didn't measure up to those two guys to he's me. He's like, it's- what the hell? 
if it wasn't for the if it wasn't for his backup, he, he would have been a pushover. He's I like, think. what's what? What did you guys do? Come on, <laughs> this was supposed to be a big win for me. In his little boy voice, exactly. Exactly. In his little boy voice. He sounded exactly like that, at least in my head. <laughs> uh, and he will forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I want to talk. So Daytac gets ambushed. I was wondering for like the first part of this episode. There's just no day tech. And yeah. then all of a sudden, we were inside the White House. It's like, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. My man's back. And uh, he, he stumbles upon Paul Mattis making food in his, uh, in, in, his ki- in his kitchen or his dining in room. His, in his living space somewhere. Yeah, some uh, Ashkan. Yes. Yes. And uh, it tastes just like home. Some casty food. Which, like, never, ever, yeah. ever... Eat food offered to you by a stranger in your own house. A stranger who uh, is known for making concoctions, who can... Yeah. Even if he didn't know who the stranger was, though. Yes. Like, no. No. Bad news. <laughs> and he had this, like, electroshock device... Yeah, uh, was interesting. ...that he put in the food, and now Daytac is a slave uh, to pain. Well, just as importantly, he... Uh, Paul Mattis walked in there as if he knew him yeah. and even claimed that uh, Daytac helped get him out of out Oh, of yeah, cell, right. Which Daytac, of course, denied. No, that uh, the strafing powder, which wound up being Eddie's, a big plot of, uh, of Eddie's to get, to get him free so that he could, he could take the bounty. Well, yeah, but Eddie didn't give uh, Paul Mattis the yeah, strafing powder. Did. Oh, he did? He did. That's that's why the reveal at the end, when it was revealed that he had strafing powder on him in the uh, coach to the Vegas jail, oh. is significant. I looked at it as if uh, I thought Nolan ended up giving him the strafing power, powder earlier when he showed it to him. But uh, it's possible. I, I, I actually thought that mystery was still unresolved. That's what I was going to bring up. I, when I saw Nolan pass... Eddie, that ba- that little dime bag, it looked empty to me. Mm. Oh, okay. It looked empty to me. And he, he said to Eddie, he was like, you're the guy who always used strafing powder back in the day. So to me, that seemed like, okay, this is a signal that that was an Eddie move to get Paul Mattis back into play. Got it. So okay. that he could, he could get his hands then on it. Then that was a good twist. I, I must have missed that. So, because uh, yeah. I was under the impression that maybe, I was actually under the impression based on that conversation, yeah. whether or not Daytac well, was, uh, is considered uh, part of the Voltanis Collective or not, mm-hmm. that there's somebody on Defiance that's repping I wouldn't no be surprised. It, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if there was somebody and then, secretly repping Votanis. And maybe that person was the one. And I thought maybe it was even Doc Yule because that That's was the only interaction that we really saw Paul Mattis have with any of the regulars that we're used to seeing. And then, and then Doc Yule had that one scene where the guys came a calling, but then we never got a resolution to her storyline. Never really did. So that's yeah. why I was assuming that maybe she was the one who gave the strafe because a doctor like that might have access to uh even though that's more of a military yeah. type of weapon still i could see that's her an interesting access. thought you know um folks reach out let us know on twitter uh after the show or or right now if you if you're listening uh what you think was it was it was it uh was it eddie that ended was up- it eddie was it doc yule who is strafing Defiance with fancy powder <laughs> terrifying 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 
terror and defiance. But it's an interesting. I, I mean, I still, I, I would think it's a mystery. I, I feel like it's still a little bit open ended. I, I think yeah. that there's more to it than just Eddie trying to get him out because Eddie made a perfect point. If Eddie got him out, mm-hmm. Cole Mattis out, he would have been on the first roller out of town with him. That's a fair point. Yeah, it's a fair point. Uh, I I do want to talk about the Votanis Collective while we're on the subject of Daytac. Yeah. Because uh, we know that they're in Brazil. We know that it's a government made up of, of vote by Votans for Votans. Mm-hmm. They need a state of their own. But uh, we don't know necessarily what their agenda is in the long term. You know, EREP, I think, to some degree, wants the planet back from the aliens, essentially. Mm. This this war kind of sprouted up from nowhere. They they weren't prepared for it, and now they've they've accepted that these invaders need a space to live, so that they can end this bloodshed. But the struggle isn't over. The Votans, you know, they they want. I don't. Do they want to be left in peace, or do they want the whole planet? We haven't seen enough of them to really understand exactly what it is they want. Yeah, uh, I think Grant. Last week said it was great. He said it you know really good terms. He said they were both two superpowers, and I think he actually compared it to the U.S. and Russia uh, back in the eighties. Yeah. I, I believe he did compare that, uh, make that comparison. So that's the way I'm looking at it. One thing I did, uh, we did forget to bring up about Eddie that I thought was really really interesting. And and even though Eddie is not part of the E rep. He's not part of the uh, Earth Republic. Yeah, he still seems to have an attitude that's similar to that. He's willing to give. He's willing to give, uh, you know, a Paul Mattis to them uh, to possibly start or continue a war is his uh, derogatory terms toward the Voltans. Yeah, he is very anti-Votan. Very racist. Yes, he calls them haints, which is a yeah. bad word. Haints for the uh, uh, for the cast of hands, right? No, haint is is just for an alien in general. In it's inter- just a derogatory word okay. for uh, for a Votan. But the Arathians, he was he kept saying Irafs. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a derogatory. Irafs, Casties. I feel like well, yeah. Casti, uh, Paul Mattis used that term too, so Casti's not really that derogatory. But, but the Arathians also say Irafs, and Nolan says Irafs. Oh, really? okay. Taint is really the bad word. I feel though, that, and whenever he was referring to an alien, it Eddie, was prejudice. It was very prejudiced. It was, it was very negative. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I feel that E Rep, in a way, E Rep might be similar to that as well. Yeah, E Rep is all humans. They're they're shady. They want the planet back from the aliens. Something's going to come to a head, and we know that they've got some kind of plot cooking. Yeah, yeah, but they're not above taking a war criminal that is an alien and giving him all the money in the world to develop weapons to kill the rest of his brothers and sisters. I'm not a history buff like Grant. If if Grant was here, I'm sure he would quote, I'm sure there was was some some precedent in history with wars where people were... uh, we're, we're well, selling in, their in, services in, to the highest bidder in other in war. the Cold War. Yeah, in the Cold War, absolutely. When mm-hmm. people were defecting uh, from from the USSR, or even probably some Americans defecting to to the USSR, mm-hmm. if if the money was right and they could get them out yeah. safely, yeah, uh, absolutely, there is a precedent. Yeah, I would like to talk about uh, Arissa before we get into uh, yes. the Macaulays in the caves. And uh, Mayor Reardon and so on. Just real quick, uh, we we saw her kind of turn down Tommy, who's getting frustrated. After that hot and steamy uh, sex scene yeah. last week, all of a sudden she's back to being just very blunt and very... Just kind of frozen. Yeah. Very staring stiff. at the world, little feral <laughs> child. Absolutely. Yeah. Poor Tommy. 
Poor Tommy. He finally made he finally made his own connection. <laughs> Tommy Blue Balls LaSalle. <laughs> yeah, he thought he made his connection, but it's still like that's dicey. Sleeping with the girl you work with. Yeah. It's not uh not good. Not really good, but And I, the daughter of your boss. <laughs> sleeping with the boss's daughter. Well, he doesn't know it yet. He doesn't know it yet. I wanted to ask Grant about that last week. I was like, what happens when uh, he finds out he's not going to be happy. Well, I'm sure Grant wouldn't have said anything, but it, yeah. it'll be really interesting. Uh, it'll be an interesting scene when Tommy and uh, and Nolan start uh, talking about that Having stuff. that kind of talk. Having that conversation. If Arissa ever wants to do it again, because I feel like it might have been just like a, you know, heat of the moment, like, we just dealt with this crazy emotional thing. Well, Tommy, I need a release. Tommy was really uh, violent last yeah. week, and that seemed to be the trigger. So now that, like, Paul Mattis was in custody, and he's just coming up asking her asking her out, and yeah. she's just like, and she's not really giving him anything. No, I don't really want yeah. Cody or Wimpy house. Tommy. She doesn't want Wimpy Tommy. She no. wants Manly Tommy. She wants Manly Tommy. Na- which, manly uh, this Tommy. week, as, as Grant said, was the first time that Tommy did not get clocked in the head Yes, in in, in an episode. Well, but he, he was caught in an explosion. That's true. <laughs> oh, man. So he did get so clocked, he got clocked he? in the head by debris, probably. Gosh darn it. Yeah. Poor Tommy, man. <laughs> Poor Tommy. Um, and uh, Arissa now, at the end of the episode, is going to learn what Uncle Uncle Eddie, who she did not like, did for her. Yeah. And get some resolution on that front. Now, we go to the caves. Yes. Take it to the caves. To the whole Mayor Reardon and... and- uh, yeah. What was what was uh um, Quint? Uh, oh, uh, Mr. Birch. Yes, Mr. Birch. Mr. Birch and Quentin. Yeah, and Quentin McCauley, who is having visions of his dead brother. Yes, who who was really into him murdering Mr. Birch. Yeah, the look, the smile on his face was so weird and creepy. See. It's a weird plot device because yeah. automatically when you start showing ghosts like that, you're insinuating that the person having those visions is crazy. Is crazy, but at the same time, it could be the artifact that is is Ooh. projecting these visions. It could be. Because it, he was about to throw it into the blue lava when he started having these visions, and I think it was the artifact speaking to him. The artifact trying to save itself. Yes. Hmm, that's an interesting And knowing point. that Mr. Birch must die in order to protect the artifact, the artifact again told him, you have Ooh. no choice, you have to kill him. That is really, I like that. That yeah. is really, really interesting. The artifact's actually... Sentient. S- self, uh, has a, its own self-preservation... self-preservation. Yeah. Wow, yeah, I do like that. Okay, that makes more sense, because uh, without that, I feel like I really don't want to see what looked like a very normal kid yeah. all of a sudden it's having like, why these... Is, why is Quentin seeing ghosts now? They're telling him to kill people. Yeah. Even, though, even though those people are bad people, Although, I'll give him that, but still. It would be cool, in my opinion, that just out of nowhere a very normal person has uh, has schizophrenia Instead of a strange alien disease, mm-hmm. he just has schizophrenia. That hasn't stopped because we're in the future. <laughs> they didn't come up with a cure for schizophrenia before the Pale Wars. Uh, you know, out of all the characters, I really don't want to see Quentin be the one that has schizophrenia. Let That's it be Daytac. Let it be you know. Let it be one of the Tars. Let it be. Uh, let it be Rafe. Let it be his dad. Yeah, you know, his Rafe McCauley with schizophrenia. I'm in. His dad should be suffering. I mean, he lost his son, and yeah, and he's yeah. lost his wife. Well, yeah. I'd watch Graham Greene watch paint dry, you know? Yeah. So, like, him him hearing voices would be great. Yeah. But no, Quentin, he's getting closer to figuring out what the symbols mean. He's got he's got a book of old, old symbols, mm-hmm. and he's comparing it to the stuff on the walls. Mayor Reardon comes up to him at Shea Renard. Finally, yeah. the subway train cafe gets a name, mm-hmm. and... Uh, 
she, you know, says, oh, uh, your, your father once showed me these crazy cave paintings when he, I toured the mine one time. And Quentin's like, bullshit. Because it's, it's a recently discovered shaft. Yeah. The L7 shaft, there's no way the mayor would have gone down there. Mm. So we know that there was an earthquake in the 1800s. I believe it was 18, 1811. 1811. 1811. And uh, in this earthquake, some people died, and those were the bones that we saw. And it was the first earthquake on record in the, in area. the area. So what caused it? What caused it, Nando? I, I mean, I'm guessing that, uh, that there must be some kind of weapon or creature that's mm-hmm. down below and that this artifact somehow I, I, I might be stretching here but yeah. that, that, that would be what I'm being led to believe so, obviously whatever it is is down there it was worth them practically obliterating yeah. defiance just yeah. to get everybody out with the Volge attack and with that uh, that meltdown that they almost caused that, um, mm-hmm. that the mayor's assistant almost caused yeah. between all of that so whatever it is can survive a, a meltdown a nuclear reactor meltdown and can survive the Volge yeah. So uh, it's got to be something mighty, mighty powerful. Here, here's what I think. Mm-hmm. And this is this is a shot in the dark, but we don't know a ton about uh, the Votan ships and how long it took to get from their galaxy to uh, to Earth, right? Yeah. So what if when they realized that their planets were dying, a, they sent a scout ship mm. far out and it landed on Earth in the 1800s, planted a beacon there to draw the ships to our planet. And it took them 202 years to get here. It's very possible. I like that idea. I, I, it, it has to be something that connects to science fiction. It yeah. can't be just some, you know, mysterious, all of a sudden, this thing that comes out of nowhere. Right. can't be some monster. can't be like Mothra or Godzilla underneath. You Although can't start I'd love it if metaphors. Mothra just out of nowhere. Yeah, you can't really be mixing your uh, sure. sci-fi or, or your uh, different worlds here. But uh, I, I kind of agree with you there. It's the first earthquake on record. It must have been perhaps caused by a yeah. landing of some sort. Yeah. And it must be some kind of ancient technology that is still vital. And what if the people that blew up the Votan ships, which started the Pale Wars, what if that was a secret sect of people, humans, who had found this thing years and years ago and have been waiting for the aliens to come for generations, and they knew that they were coming, and then when they did, they were ready, and they blew up their ships. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Thank Steve, you. Our, uh, our engineer. Got caught up in the moment with me yes. and gave me awesome. a proper a proper ending to my train of thought. <laughs> I, I will I will never apologize for enthusiasm. Now I feel I feel that uh, we're probably on the right track. Yeah, as far as that. What I'm really curious to know also is is how does Mayor Reardon know about this and does she's E-Rep, one of the sect, man? Well, it's possible, but so does E Rep. Does Vol- I guess well, E Rep yeah. all times don't know about this yet because they're obviously in their own little superpower struggle and and uh erep just really cares about getting those tracks down yeah that, yeah they so. care about control of the town if they knew about it if they knew about what was down there defiance would already be gone yeah they, they would have leveled attacked. it they probably would level it like a, like the volge tried to yes yeah exactly mm-hmm. and and whoever the these people are that mayor reardon works with you know they have to have some connections to the votans it can't just be humans on some on some level, or they have to be a, a, because how did they get the Volge on board? Do you know what I mean? 
Like, the Volge, I don't think they were already on their way to Defiance. They said, the shields will be down, take this city. Yeah. So, they on they must have... They don't seem met. to be the kind of aliens that you just call up on the phone and say, hey, you want to do something fun? You want to you exactly. destroy a town? I'm just going to lower the shields and just come on, you know, come yeah. on over whenever you feel no, like it. No, there was an arrangement made. Yeah. Which means that either there are Votans in their little group... Or, at the very least, that they are very good at planning or, or just dealing with alien races. It was just interesting, because the Vols just don't seem like the kind of race that That would you could be. even have a parlay with to even say, this town will be available. They must have sent a message. I don't know. It'd be interesting, yeah. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. All right, uh, I think it's time that we get into speculation about next week's What's another episode? word for that? Oh. Here we go. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Predictions would be the word for it, Nando. Yes, predictions. That would be a good one. Uh, so, let's see. So, it would be my turn to do that. I, I'm not sure. I, I know we saw some clips, and, and Defiance is not returning for another two weeks. Uh, so, I predict there'll be no show next week. Why? I know. Well, it's something called Memorial Day here Boo. in the U.S. And, uh, and sometimes the networks honor it. Fine. By not putting on new shows. Or by putting on a Defiance Marathon, which is what they're, they're doing well, they're this doing week. for Saturday. Yeah, uh, they're doing that for Saturday. Not even for that Monday. Not even for Monday. Not even. We'll just TiVo it and then watch it on Monday. Fine. Uh, well, I mean, what we saw at least, uh, it seems like Daytac's going to be, you know, I really, that's the one thing I really want to see as a result of uh, what happened a couple of weeks ago with Daytac finally being a part of the council. Yeah. It seems like he's going to be going for more uh, power right now. Yes. He's, so, he's running for mayor. Yeah, he's running for mayor against uh, against Amanda. Fantastic. And uh, I think that's going to be really, really interesting to see. Uh, I, I predict that this uh, vision thing with Quentin, as much as I'm not really digging it too much, but I do like the self-preservation artifact, uh, that it's going to take center stage as well. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a lot more visions <laughs> coming up. Lots more creepy Luke maybe, visions. Maybe a therapy session's in order for poor Quentin. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> that's my prediction. Okay. Um, I'm really excited about Daytac running, uh, running for office against Amanda. I, I feel like Amanda would need to make one more, like, just grievous mistake for Daytac to even have a shot yeah. at the title. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think she's going to have to do some, uh, she's going to have to do some damage control. So that implies that there's some damage that's going to be done. Yeah. Uh, and it can't just be, you hired this big dumb idiot to be our law keeper and he keeps shooting people. <laughs> that, that can't be enough. But I'm excited for that. We saw Stama betrays him at mm-hmm. some point. Yeah. Um, or at least he accuses him of betray, uh, accuses her of betrayal. We're going to get our wedding that we were promised of Alec Tar and Christy McCauley. Yes. We're going to get more Kenya romance. I... I can't wait to see what's happening. Yeah, with this artifact, I want to know. The artifact Nando! seems to be the big. Yeah, that seems to be the big question that right now, and it's, I'm really glad that it's it's starting to take a presence yeah. again. But I I can't imagine we're going to get significant movement on it other than knowing on knowing what it is by the end of the season. I think in the last episode we learn what the artifact is, not even the overall hmm. mythology, because we're still dealing with so much stuff with Erep. Not even Votanis. Well, I feel like 
I feel like they want. I, I feel like there will be a resolution to this artifact thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe we won't get to it, but there'll be a, a lot of these questions will be answered because I do think the E Reptiltanus thing is something that's lurking in the in the background and will probably take more precedent in season in a season two or season three. Yeah. So we need to have some resolution. That would probably be the big arc that would end season one. I think would be to discover at least what's underneath, even, whether or not they can use it or not. Yeah. But at least find out exactly what is that artifact a part of them. Yes. And all two. those signals, all those uh, symbols. Exactly. Yeah. Too, too cool. All yes. right. Uh, Nana Velasquez, let the people know where they can find uh, you. The people the people should know that they can find me at uh, on the Twitter at Nandovel, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L, and I also do a couple of shows here. Uh, I do Hannibal, although I haven't been on the past couple of weeks, but I'll start doing that. And uh, Bates Motel uh, wraps up this week. So, Great. Yeah. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can also find me here on AfterBuzz TV on the Doctor Who After Show and the Mad Men After Show. Doctor Who wrapping up tomorrow, unfortunately, after a killer season. No. Uh, but we will be back in November. And uh, if you like sketch comedy, uh, you can find some video sketches that I've been involved with at VLYTV.com for the group viewers like you. Thank you guys so much for listening and or watching. And we will see you in two weeks. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.